0: three two one hey everybody welcome back to the real view podcast i am your host with the most blaine ward it's me we are getting near the most wonderful time of year um here with me today is my buddy elliot elliot man how's it going
1: oh it's it's going blaine i'm having yeah. a great i'm a great time it's good to see you again i know a minute
0: i know yeah for those who don't know elliot's my roommate in college um i'm stuck with this guy <laughs> you are we
1: are stuck together you are stuck with me that is i know
0: yeah it's a it's 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 a challenge no it's it's a delight um so i guess we're just gonna jump right into things um you know there was a little movie that came out just a little movie no one's really heard of it um no one's heard of it uh spider-man no way home is out and for those who have been following the pod uh this is the third part in a spider-man retrospective I did, uh, covered the Sam Raimi, Tommy Require ones with my buddy Aaron, I recovered the Andrew Garfield ones with my buddy Jake, and today we're here to cover the Tom Holland trilogy, I guess, at this point, um, although they'll probably make more, who knows, um, all right, so I guess right up to that, Elliot, what I want to ask you is, what, what makes Tom Holland stand out as Spider-Man to you?
1: The thing that makes Tom Holland stand out as Spider-Man to me, I would say, truthfully it was something that i realized when i saw no way home honestly Mm -hmm. is is how much he just captures the spirit of that young gun spider-man of just total like like awkward youth um and you know also he's kind of like this kid that's trying to prove himself he's he's up against like kind of impossible odds odds that andrew and toby weren't up against by virtue of the fact that like the avengers weren't a thing in those universes but like he's like you know he's he's he really captures that kid who's trying to grow up a little too fast and and trying to kind of gets ahead of himself and and you know we'll, we'll probably talk about it once we once we get to no way home but like i think that was really beautifully sort of concluded or like came to fruition really nicely in this last movie
0: yeah i agree i think it's a lot of people um you know our age really enjoy uh tom holland like they would say tom holland's the best of the three and i think there's a lot to his energy that he brings to the table you know he feels very much like a high schooler who is spider-man he's Mm -hmm. clumsy he's awkward he's kind of quippy like there's a lot of um attributes that everyone kind of attaches themselves to this iteration of tom holland um now tom holland weirdly enough, to not start out in Homecoming. He actually made his first appearance in Captain America Civil War a year before Homecoming. What were your impressions of Tom Holland at the time in that movie? Oh, my God. I, when,
1: I remember exactly where I was when the trailer with him came out. <laughs> I was in this burrito place called El Diablo in Delaware. My younger brother was doing a production of To Kill a Mockingbird out there as Jem, so I was out there with him. Um. Also, great burritos, like best burritos I've ever had. But that's mm. besides the point. And that trailer dropped, and it blew my freaking mind. That yeah. Spider Man was hanging out with Captain America and and Iron Man. I was so excited for. it I didn't even like. Truthfully, I like Civil War. Truthfully, and that's yeah. That's a that's a uh, controversial opinion among, among some. Not on this pod. I think it's great. I, like I, it. I agree. I think it's a I think it's a pretty good movie. Uh, yeah. But. I I I went to 90% of the reason I went to see it is was to see Spider-Man.
0: Right. And He's like still in the movie, I'd say. Like in yeah. That. Oh absolutely. I would I would completely agree. Yeah. He, He's only in it for, I don't know, 15 minutes, maybe tops. Yeah. And he was delightful. I'm like, I love but this kid. He came in and he was just like
1: he was that totally kind of like high strung, like like awkward kind of anxiety riddled i don't know about anxiety riddled i would say just let like the 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 stress and the pressure of the 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 like monumental situation of like being with the avengers was very like obvious when watching him right and it was just so it was so spider-man it was just spider-man and you know the the costume and the eyes that moved oh my (laughs) god it was crazy yeah
0: yeah i agree um yeah, I think seeing Spider-Man in 2016, like, that was that was a big moment um, for everyone where we're like, oh my gosh, because we've been waiting for so long and we're like, all right, yeah. you know, is Spider-Man going to be introduced and what happened with the Andrew Garfield stuff? Like, no one really, after Amazing Spider-Man 2, the future of him was kind of in flux where it's like, yeah. what are they going to do? And then they bring in this newcomer who had been a few things beforehand. If anybody hadn't seen The Impossible, I would recommend checking that out. He's really great in that. But, like, no one had really seen him in anything. And the fact that he was able to make as big as an impression in a movie where you have, I don't know, 12 other big characters in there. Like, that's a a hard job to do. Um, So everyone was looking forward to his first... uh, Solo Venture, which leads us directly into uh, the first of his trilogy, Spider-Man Homecoming. This came out in 2017, directed by John Watts. And the stars Tom Holland, Michael Keaton, Robert Downey Jr., Marissa Tomei, John Favreau, Zendaya, Donald Glover. That's right, he's in there. I keep forgetting about that. Uh, (laughs) Jacob Battalion and Laura Harrier, as well as countless others. Um, So this is kind of a different Spider-Man movie than what most people are expecting. I'd say this is very kind of inspired by kind of the John Hughes Mm -hmm. high school movie, very Ferris Bueller's Day Off. They even show that uh, in a scene in the movie, very kind of Breakfast Club. Like it's it's very much a high school movie first and a superhero movie second. And I think that's kind of a refreshing angle to take because we haven't really seen that from Spider-Man. Yeah. Because I think we've had, the, the closest thing high school related that we had to it was the, the Amazing Spider-Man, the first mm-hmm. Andrew Garfield one, where it feels a lot like kind of person being a wallflower. And this mm-hmm. one is very much kind of, it, it's trying to be a high school comedy. And I think that's kind of refreshing. Where do you, where, what are your uh, kind of overall thoughts on Homecoming? Where do you stand? Well, I, I, I completely agree with all of that. I think that
1: what Homecoming did best, and I remember being really impressed by at the time, was like the scale of the film was so good. It was so... <laughs> fitting it was yeah. so good it was so fitting of like a spider-man movie mm-hmm. where, where really the heart of the film is in you know peter's struggle to be a high schooler mm-hmm. you know and and like it wasn't like you know andrew and toby where it's oh new york's gonna be destroyed if we don't do this or something like you know where the stakes are so so high not that truthfully not that like uh toby's first film wasn't sort of similar in that but like it was very much like like the stakes were were very good for like a spider-man movie and that it's just spider-man versus a guy and he's trying to stop him to prove like to prove himself you know and it's not like new york's gonna be leveled it's like i i need to stop this guy to prove myself to mr stark that's so spider-man
0: like right And I think one of the obviously integrating Spider-Man into the MCU, um, they kind of put him as an apprentice of sorts to Tony Stark. um, Mm -hmm. And I think that's an all right way of introducing him. I'll get to my issues with that uh, in a second. But I, I overall, as a standalone movie, I like the arc that Peter has to go through where after the events of Civil War, he's trying to prove himself to become an Avenger um right. because you know nobody's answering his calls because he's just a high school kid and, you know there's, there's a lot uh, there's a lot more going on uh than somebody needing the help with a high school kid but I, I i i like the arc that peter has to go through where eventually he realizes that being an avenger really isn't the right like he doesn't really want to be that uh you yeah. know he's had other priorities instead of you know um <laughs> saving the world from intergalactic threats which they get to later But um, I, the arc that he goes through, I think, is really solid. And that's kind of why I'm a little mixed on the whole Tony Stark aspect of this. I guess it's fine in this one. Um, but I don't know. It feels like Iron Man kind of saves him from a lot of this stuff mm-hmm. in the first two acts. and But the third act of the movie is my favorite because he doesn't have his, you know, technology suit. Yeah. He has, like, this rinky-dink hoodie and, like, these just goggles. Yeah. And I'm like, this is delightful. Like, I
1: this is yeah. fun. I know. And, and we'll, we'll get to, we'll get to more on that when we get to no way home, I'm sure. But like, that's like, that's like the, the prime of, of these films is when he, he has the ability to just be Spider-Man. Like I'm, I'm just a kid I'm in a freaking leotard and I have spider sense. And that's, that's like kind of what the heart of Spider-Man is, you know, yeah. just a kid run flying by the seat of his pants and yeah, like I agree. I, I really like the third act of the film because yeah, it, it 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 really. That was Spider Man. You know, he, he's, working <laughs> he he's working
0: with what he has. He's really got. Hey, it's Spider Man. You know, Spider Man. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's Spider. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I I really. Um, also, I, Michael
1: Keaton is Vulture. You know.
0: Oh, but, I think he's one of. The, is he all right? I think he's in the top. I think he's in consideration for a top five Marvel. Villain. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I was worried watching the movie. Um, and by the way, if you gotten this far, like, we're spoiling all of these movies. So, yeah. like, oh, yeah. Sorry. No way home. If Here's you haven't seen this, goodness it's gracious. It's um, Yeah. But at least with Homecoming, the cool thing with that, with Vulture, um, is that, like, for the first, like, two-thirds of the movie, I'm like, okay, you know, he's fine. Like, it's yeah. Michael Keaton. He's doing a good job. But he keeps saying, he's like, "Oh, I'm doing this for my family," and I'm like, "All right, that's kind of a lame. Like, what's up? What's up with that? Like, come on. Like, really, is that really what we're doing here?" And then, like, maybe the best plot twist that Marvel has like revealed oh, yeah. oh, is yeah. that yeah. Vulture is the father of the girl that Peter has a crush on. Uh, Liz, I think her name yeah. is. Yeah. Blew my mind in the theater, and it like oh, same would, here. You can hear a pin drop in the theater when that happened. Everyone's like, "What." <laughs> Oh, it
1: was so it was so well that honestly I don't even care that um that's kind of departing from the comics a yeah, little bit. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. it was so suitable for the film. It, it suited the story so well. It was so good. Yeah, and the, and the scene after that wh- where it's just Tom standing there like staring at him <laughs> in his kitchen was so good. Like, yeah, that's, that's scarier so than fun. most
0: horror movies. Like i everyone was on the engineer of seat. They're like. Uh, does vulture know does he know does he know does he know and then there's that car scene where you know liz like liz is inadvertently revealing that peter spider-man and you can see vulture like yeah. figuring it out and you're just like oh god oh no oh shit oh what and then of course there's that great uh confrontation in the car where michael keaton's like i will kill you and <laughs> she yeah. mess with me and so good um it's, and it was such a great moment and i don't know keaton uh, king has got a thing. He has to have a thing. He's got Man, He's got Batman. He's got Vulture. Like, he just likes flying around. I, I think that's what yeah. we need. Have we had him in a pilot? I feel like he needs to be a pilot in whatever movie he's in next. That would completely arc. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My man. Um, <laughs> what are your thoughts on... Uh, what are your thoughts on the supporting characters? Obviously, with this iteration of Spider-Man, um, you know, we haven't had a Harry Osborne yet, but we do get uh peter having a best friend ned yeah um, and sort of a comic relief but also kind of uh, as he states a guy in the chair and then of course uh zendaya's take on uh i think her name is michelle jones in this one instead yeah. of mary jane uh what are your thoughts on them do you like them
1: you know i i didn't like zendaya in the first one when i first saw it i did come around to her i okay. by, by the time far from home came around i did come around to her i like ned a lot he's like you know they did a good job of mixing Ned Leeds and Genki from, you know, more the stuff, right. kind of a kind stuff. Yeah. And I, Ned was really funny. I liked him a lot. I'm still wondering if they're going to, if, if, if he's going to be become hobgoblin at some yeah. point, uh, they kind of started to, to go in that direction with no way home, which we'll talk about. But like, I, you know, I like Ned. In this film particularly, I wasn't totally on board with Zendaya's MJ.
0: Yeah, but- she's not, I don't know. There's kind of a, and and, and uh, I'll explain in a little bit, but there's a little bit of a dissonance for me between like, what they want to do with her in all yeah. three movies. Um, because in the first one, like, she only has, like I don't know, 10 lines. Like She's not in it yeah. a lot. And then at the end of the movie, they're like, oh hey, here by the way, she's MJ. And that's done in a way where i really don't like it where it's like just signaling where it's like hey audience look who this is it's mj and i'm like all right calm down like you could have done this in a much fun way
1: and i don't know i feel like they also kind of changed her character a lot a little bit yeah between the first one and like even the second one right where like it kind of felt like she was this kind of lone wolf kind of screw the system type person and she still was that in the second one but like it kind of felt like they they made her less she had a, cer- a certain confidence about her in the first one that she didn't have it felt like in the second one but i mean that's also because they're going into like you know she's getting closer with peter and she doesn't know how to handle that so like i don't know maybe i'm being unfair about it but like i don't know i i i at the end when they were like oh yeah by the way I'm, people call me mj i was like how are they gonna I'm gonna do that? Well, <laughs> well, you know, doing that. By by the end of the trilogy, I think it I think it
0: got to a good point. You buy it by the end. You buy it by the end. Yeah. Um yeah. rough road to get there, but you know, you buy it by the end. Yeah. Uh now what are your the other the other big thing I wanted to ask you about? What are your thoughts on so Spider-Man in this, uh, you know, this has been a uh divisive uh part of this iteration of Spider-Man. What are your thoughts on this suit? Um, and and when I mean specifically, I mean not the look, I mean all the gadgets and the whole stark nature of the suit. Do you like that? I or did, you
1: not a fan? I, I did have a problem with the gadgets, yeah. I did,
0: and I get why, like, what
1: they were doing is like, oh, he's he's got all these, he's got this multi billion dollar or multi million dollar suit from. Tony Stark, and it's it's learning how to be Spider Man without that. Yeah, because like they're they're kind of showing he's been burdened with you know you know the Loki turn of face. He's been burdened with this glorious purpose from Tony Stark, and then he, he but what what he needs to learn is how to not rely on it.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree with you, and I think again as an arc, I think that's fine. The problem is. These the next few movies don't really want anything to do with that. It's like, yeah, hey, here's some more robo-suits. I'm like, stop it!
1: Yeah. Well, also, it was also weird to me how like, they, they introduced the AI.
0: Oh, yeah. What's her name? Is not Karen?
1: I think it's Karen, yeah. That aged poorly, but... Uh... And, and it wasn't bad. I was just like, okay, this is kind of fun, but it's not Spider-Man. Like, that's not what he does. Yeah. And I thought it was funny that they, they introduced that and they kind of dropped it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, there's some, I mean, there's some good jokes in the suit, you know. Uh, Karen becomes, like, a little, like, relationship advice. Uh. Yeah, which was fun. Yeah, like, that's fine. Fun. Um, And my favorite sequence in the movie, aside from the, uh, the car scene with Daddy Keaton, um, is uh, the Washington Monument scene yeah. where uh, Spider-Man's got to, like, climb up the Washington Monument to save uh, his classmates from, you know, this elevator from... Elevator shaft from Pauling. Yeah, I think all of that stuff's really exciting. Um,
1: yeah, oh, I agree. Yeah,
0: you know, I, 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 I can't necessarily pinpoint why it is. I just think it's a very fun action sequence in a movie where the action doesn't really stand out. Like, I'm not. Mm-hmm a lot of Marvel films, I feel like you come for the action or the visuals, and that's not really what you come to for this one. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it is a weakness. I don't think any of the action sequences aside from the Washington Monument are that exciting. Mm -hmm. And I don't know whether that's John Watts fault for not being like an action director or whether that's, they wanted to kind of make a smaller scale and smaller stakes, but I don't know. It's just interesting. Um, Yeah. I I like that scene.
1: Yeah. I would say that my favorite scene is when Peter confronts Vulture and he drops the building on him and they recreate. Oh, yes. If this be my destiny, like thing. Uh, That's like, that scene is so emotional. That's (laughs) Tori, my, my girlfriend Tori and I talk about a lot like because we have we have differing opinions on this tory's favorite spider man is tom holland and mine I, and this is controversial mine is andrew of course just because of where i was like in my life when yeah. those movies were coming out but the one thing that we agree on is that scene is like that is just spider-man like, yeah that's that a is, that is too, for sure. the encapsulation of what spider-man is which i'm going to say a lot about yeah, <laughs> this case. episode probably but like like just It's so emotional. It 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 actually like Tom Holland (laughs) is really giving it his all, and it's it's it was like very upsetting to watch the the way he's screaming and crying, and he's just a kid. Like that's the thing about it is like what Tom Holland Spider Man I think does so well too is that coming of age over those three movies. Yeah, we're in that scene. He he's like he's just a kid, and he's so helpless.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of moments that Tom Holland has to work with throughout his entire tenure as Spider-Man. There's a lot of moments yeah. where you remember, you're like, oh my God, wait a minute. He's a kid. Yeah. Um, that's one of them. The scene where you kind of dust away in Infinity War was another huge one. Oh, know. yeah, yeah. Multiple of my friends were like walking out crying because of that. Like they were obviously so like attached to, uh, you know, Tom's iteration of Peter Parker that when he yeah. dusted away at the end of Infinity War, like they were just sobbing. And I'm like, I get it. Like, yeah, that's tough. He oh. does such
1: a good job of, like, playing, like, like when those situations of helplessness occur, like, yeah. he becomes just a little kid.
0: Absolutely. In a yeah. way
1: that Toby and Andrew... Really think.
0: couldn't do, right. Yeah, exactly. they couldn't,
1: because they didn't... They, they just... They, they look too old, truthfully. Right. Like, and
0: they never really had a moment like that either like yeah in the emotional moments are kind of different for those um the closest yeah there's never really kind of a oh look he's a kid moment i mean obviously in spider-man 2 there's the oh look he's just a kid no older than my son but that's that, that's kind of a different thing yeah um you know the, they, I mean, they
1: had like moments where like emotionally there were moments of helplessness right
0: but not, as far as physically you know like a physical yeah, like
1: reaction where yeah. literally there is a situation where there's physically nothing they can do. yeah right yeah
0: Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think Homecoming's solid. I think there's some there's there's issues I have with it. Um, you know, the whole Tony Stark thing doesn't really jive with me, especially what they do in the next one, which we'll get to. But um, and I'm not big on the suit, but I think what it's aiming for, it hits. It wants to be Mm -hmm. a light high school comedy featuring Spider-Man. And I think on that end it it exceeds really well. A lot of people enjoy this one, um, put it high in their MCU rankings, and mm-hmm. I can totally understand why. Like, yeah. it, it's a very likable movie. It's yeah. hard not to enjoy. It. Well, um,
1: and to that point, like, Tom Allen did recently say that he was hoping to make Spider his Spider-Man this generation's Marty McFly. What do you think of that?
0: I Yeah, I mean, that's not a bad way of putting it,
1: you know? Because like, I, I was, at first I was like, really? But then I was like, actually, he's kind of right. Like, yeah, I could I mean, see you
0: that. Can, you can vibe with that. You know, a lot of yeah. teenagers look at Marty back in the day and he's like, it's yeah. just like me. And yeah, you know, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's just like me for real. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I I, I think Homecoming is really good. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, every, everyone knows. You know it, you know It's you fun, know. it's fun. It's a good movie. Um, yeah. Now, my issue is leading into the kind of what they do with them next. So obviously Homecoming ends with Peter Parker kind of turning away the iron spider suit and kind of, you know, being his own Spider-Man, which is great and all. And then there's a cute little joke where Aunt May finds out he's Spider-Man and you're like, oh, what's going to happen next? Well, what happens next is Infinity War and Endgame where Peter Parker is, you know, kind of thrown into space uh, with the iron spider suit with Iron Man and Doctor Strange. And okay, I get it. He's in space. I get why he needs the suit. Um, and I, I, I like what they do with Peter in those two movies fight. I don't have an issue yeah. with that. My problem is I need the iron spider suit burned. <laughs> I, I think I think it overpowers him. I, I like I I, oh, yeah. I it loses all sense of like vulnerability for him mm-hmm. um in the immediate future. And now obviously they get to changing that, but I don't love the fact that he's got this iron spider suit. After he immediately turned it away, I'm like, and I get yeah. it, right? I get it. It's Infinity War, it's Endgame. And then you know, are yeah, to die and all that, but right, that's yeah. totally fine. But I don't know. I, I I wish there was a better way that they could have handled the suit. Maybe destroy it in the final battle. I'm not sure, but I yeah. like I like what they do it with Spider Man. Obviously, he's very funny. Um, his interactions with uh Stark, Strange, and the Guardians. Yeah, are, yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic. Yeah. I think. But that leads us kind of right into the second in this trilogy, No Way Home, which takes place... No, sorry, Far Far From Home. Jesus Christ. They're so similar. That's the other thing, too. These titles, they're going to be the death of me. Um, (laughs) Far From Home, which came out two months after Endgame. And this was the first Marvel movie after Endgame. So there was kind of a lot writing on this one with the events of, like, the snap. Like, how does this affect people? How does this... Like, are we ever going to get uh like what is Aunt May's reaction to Peter being Spider-Man like what's going on here Uh, what do you what do you think of Far From Home Uh, before I reveal my opinion you know I do
1: enjoy it I think yeah I think it and like I get what they're doing with like you know there's that legacy of Iron Man to that Peter feels the need to live up to. And a lot of, I had problems with that too, because I was like, okay, this is kind of an Iron Man story. Right. I think that they, like a lot of the problems I had with it were resolved with No Way Home. Right. But like, I didn't like at the time, I didn't like how much of the story hinged on Iron Man, because it felt like at that point, it felt like both of those films were so like contingent on iron man like being kind of the center of things and if you take him out the film just doesn't operate like so you know and i i liked you know jake gyllenhaal's mysterio is awesome i really liked what they did with it It, it, you know but yeah Yeah.
0: i I don't like this movie i think this is one of my least favorite marvel movies um it is very watchable i completely understand why people Mm. love it like yeah It is a breezy two hours and five minutes that you can turn on and watch and you most likely will have a good time. I think this is a step back in all the ways that Homecoming succeeded in because, I don't know, my only thing with the vulture, and again, it makes sense as a standalone movie if you look at the arc that Peter has in Homecoming where he's kind of stepping away from the Avengers and the Iron Man of it all. Um, In this one... So Vulture, he's more mad at Tony Stark than he is at Spider-Man. And now Spider-Man obviously thwarts his plan, and that's all well and good. Like, I understand. But it seems like his gripes are with Tony Stark, and the movie never wants to, like, address that. Like, they always kind of want to, like, no, we're not going to, like, talk about any of that. Um, And they do the same thing here, where Mysterio is much more mad at Tony Stark. And then Spider-Man. And that annoys me because I think both of these are really great villains and the actors playing them, both Michael Keaton and Jake Gyllenhaal, are having a blast, Yeah. Um, you know, hamming it up. But I, I, it just comes from the wrong place. Like, I don't buy it. I'm not, mm. I, I, it just ruins any sort of like, because the thing with the Spider-Man villains, whether they've been good or bad in the past, is that they've always had a connection to Peter, you know? Yeah. Queen Goblin is his best friend's father. Doc yeah, Ock yeah. is like a mentor. Venom, his rival. Sandman, the man that is, you know, killed his uncle. Uh, right. Lizard, yeah, yeah. uh, mentor. You know, all that stuff. Mm. This one, it, there's just no connection there, and yeah. obviously they try to build one in the course of I don't know two days time, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like I just don't buy this. And the movie doesn't want to take any time to, I don't know, make anything dramatic because they just undercut it with the jokes, and I really think the jokes in on this one are. There are some funny ones. I appreciate some of the humor here, but they just don't stop with the jokes. I'm like, please, yeah. can we have a moment without the jokes? Um, <laughs> I don't know. it, uh, uh, and There's just nothing, I, I can't latch onto it. And that's the problem. And I, right, I, yeah. a lot of people enjoy it and I understand why. Um, but I don't think the action's all that engaging. I think there's a cool sequence um, when Mysterio kind of uses his... Uh, Allusions to trap Peter and yeah. kind of taunts him and stuff. That's cool. I like that. But I don't know. There, there's nothing for me to latch on to with that. But I don't know.
1: I kind of agree. I, I have a I do have a good time with it when I watch it. Yeah. Uh, but I do think, yeah, I, I would agree that, like, it's funny. You really think about it. There hasn't really been a film with a villain that is... Uh, more of a personal thing to Tom Holland's Peter Parker. Right. And, and that was, that, that I, I was, I was in the same boat with you. I, that my problem with it was that, you know, I get it. Like it's, it's not a, it's not an emotional connection between them in any way. No, it, it's, it's purely like a, like degrees of separation from Tony Stark. Right. And, you know, I, I, I don't know. It, it was, I, I really like parts of that, film just because of like yeah like you said like the Mysterio stuff is really cool and, and
0: really he awesome. looks great like his costume oh, yeah. is sick
1: it's awesome yeah yeah
0: and I like you know the reveal of like what Mysterio is actually up to the fact that he's kind of a you know a con man who it's kind of like the syndrome thing from Incredibles yeah, that's fine yeah. like I I, I I appreciate that plan and um but I genuinely think if it wasn't Jake Gyllenhaal playing him no one would respond to Mysterio mm. as a character because there's nothing to him like I, I think it is solely Jake's charisma and like dedication to the role that people walk away. Into. Oh, yeah.
1: No, I mean, the thing is, like, he does a good job and I like him, but like Jake Gyllenhaal is not Quentin Beck. Right. In the way that, like, and, and you know, that's such a like comic book nerd to think Oh, he's, he's not, he's not, that's not what Quentin Beck is like in the comics, but like, it, it's kind of true where like they, they take it in a very different direction and there's nothing wrong with that. Cause like, truthfully, I've always been of the mind, like with film adaptations of like pop culture stuff, like you do what works for the film. Like, right. like it's an adaptation. You get to right. take c- certain creative liberties. So like, I don't think it's bad that it was different, but it was like, if it weren't Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. I think it would be very, I don't know. It would be very different.
0: Yeah. And then my other my other big thing is, like, obviously, if you look at this as a trilogy, which I don't know how these MCU movies really function as a trilogy, you kind of got to watch them, like, in order, yeah. um, <laughs> in order to get the whole picture. But I feel like this doesn't really, it's not a, like a direct sequel to Homecoming in any way, shape, or form, mm-hmm. because Homecoming ends with kind of this huge, like, oh, my God, Aunt May you know, knows that he's Spider-Man, like yeah. whether you believe that Aunt May in the Raimi trilogy knows that he's Spider-Man or not. That's beside the question. The question <laughs> is, is, like, what would this Aunt May think of Peter becoming Spider-Man? And the answer that this movie has is, I don't know, like, she's fine. They're fine yeah. with it. Like, Oh, yeah.
1: No, they, I thought that was weird. Yeah. They don't
0: do anything with it. The first yeah. time we see Aunt May, and that's the other thing, too, that um, I'm, I'm a little disappointed with it, is I love Marissa Tomei. She's an amazing yeah. actress. They don't nearly give her enough to do in these movies no. aside from, and, and no way home, they improve it, but it, they don't give her nearly enough to do aside from, haha, look at your aunt. She's hot. And yeah. it's like, well, yeah, but also like, you're not going to do anything about this. Like, she yeah. don't have anything and, to do. She's said she's not happy. And you know, it's funny, time. like
1: when you see, like, especially when we get to no way home, like how much, like, I don't know if it's inspiration from like the PlayStation Spider-Man game. It, it, there's gotta be something. But there. like there's yeah. gotta be something there. And I kind of wish they'd have gone more of the Aunt May from that iteration of this story. Cause that was a good story. Like and, yeah. and it treated Aunt May in a really good like it was it was a good treatment of Aunt May.
0: Right.
1: And I kind of wish they'd have gone more like that. Where 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 it was more this you know she doesn't know visibly to us but like she knows right which is kind of like something and this is on the Andrew Garfield thing but that's something that I feel like they were hinting at with Sally Field
0: oh yeah and they kind of hint at it when they, like yeah they they you yeah. and even in the comics like, even, like even with Tobey yeah right well in the comics like even when aunt may uh died of old age in the comics like she revealed to peter that she knew he was spider-man yeah and i don't know with every interpretation there's always kind of a question of like oh does she know like how does she feel about that and in this one there's just such a good moment for some sort of like conflict there but the movie just doesn't have time for that it's time for jokes we're going to paris yeah and i'm like ah, come on
1: and you know, I love I love the lightheartedness of the spider. I think it's it's, it's kind of sure. important to have a certain lightheartedness. I just think that they took all of the meat of Aunt May's character out by revealing in the first film
0: right. that she knows. Yeah, you could have done someone that like down the line. Yeah, um, if you had it planned out, but they didn't because they're like, all right, yeah. we're going to end this on this cliffhanger and not do anything. And the same thing with the homecoming credit scene. Because in the credits scene, yeah. Of oh yeah, the Scorpion yeah. shows up and he's like, hey, Vulture, you know Spider-Man's identity. And Vulture's yeah. like, I don't know who he is. And you're like, uh-oh, I wonder if we're going to see Scorpion again. And we haven't freaking seen him. Yeah, for, that was you know. one of the
1: most surprising things about uh, No Way Home to me was that there was like nothing about Vulture. I kind of figured they were kind of setting that up. He's coming in Morbius, baby. But, I mean,
0: that's true. Woo! Yes, yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Strange. Side, sidebar, what do you think of Morbius?
0: I think it's going to be bad, but it could be in I a did. Venom way where it could be funny. I agree. But, I uh, agree. No, I don't think it'll be as good as the masterpiece Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Oh, um, oh my goodness. Oh uh, But, I don't know. So, there's that. There's the anime thing. And then the other thing, too, is with the whole Tony Stark dies at the end of Endgame. Which, great moment, absolutely earned 100%. Like mm. Everyone's pretty satisfied with how that wrapped up. Yeah. My question going into Far From Home was, okay, now how is Peter going to deal with this? Because yeah. obviously this interpretation has set up Peter as um, kind of this apprentice to Tony Stark. How does he yeah. react to this? Is Tony Stark going to be the Uncle Ben that will propel? Because mm. there's no mention of Uncle Ben in these movies uh, yet. And I was wondering, like, okay, are they going to make Tony Stark the Uncle Ben? Like, what's going to happen here? And the way they handle it is just so sloppy to me. Like, mm-hmm. I don't like, you know, obviously, uh, Peter Parker gets banged up. And, you know, and he has this conversation with Happy Hogan. That's pretty good. Like, I like, yeah. obviously, Holland's acting his ass off. And he's doing a really great job. Mm-hmm. Um, But it kind of comes to this, like, hey, you know, you don't have to be the next iron man you got to be the next you and i'm like oh great yeah. okay that's cool but then what do they do next they have him build his own suit and they play acdc and it just felt like such a middle finger to me where it's like he is the next iron yeah, man yeah fuck you and i'm like no stop it oh man like why, <laughs> why? Yeah. no
1: i i i agree and and it's just yeah like that whole thing with like him making a suit and a freaking fabricator man like yeah like, that's not spider-man That i, I mean it, it is Spider-Man.
0: Suit. I get and Peter can yeah, build
1: and And like in the modern sense, if you look at like, you could say there, are, there's always like a niche thing in the comics. You know, you could say, oh, well, in the comics, Spider-Man owns Parker Industries like he right. does in more recent comics. And that's true. But like, it's also the fact that these films are like, th- that's a niche part of the comics. But I go to the films to see is, is, a sort of something that's capturing the spirit of Spider-Man on the whole throughout the years, right? And that's not to, what it is. Yeah. it's not making it. It's not making a suit with a bunch of robots. It's it's, you know, right. I, I don't know.
0: It, I, I I just don't like that that much. Um, and again, I know everyone like most people are fine with this interpretation, and I'm happy for them. But it, it just rubs me <laughs> the wrong way every time. I see that part where I'm just like, oh, come on. Like, you don't know what to do with this. Um, And then the other weird thing that I have, uh, the other weird issue that I have with this, is they kind of rush the Peter MJ romance a bit. Because at the end yeah. of Homecoming, like, they were kind of on, like, kind of speaking terms. Yeah. And then immediately when Far From Home begins, it's like, oh, I want to yeah. date MJ. And I'm like, where did that come from?
1: Like, yeah, yeah.
0: I, I get it, you know, obviously you want the two of them to end up together, and Tom Holland and Zanea have great chemistry, but it feels like they're trying to rush to get to that status quo of Peter and MJ. And it's just like, take some time here, like, develop this instead of, like, jumping to it immediately, you know? Yeah,
1: because, yeah, it was, it, that was, yeah, you mentioned that, that, that is funny how, like, it ends with him being all broken up about Liz right. moving away, and then suddenly it's like she never even existed, and, like, <laughs> I don't know. I think, yeah, I think that there, there was, you know, it's the whole movie. They, they had time to develop that relationship and they, they didn't. So right. it, yeah, they just, know. they just jumped into, I like this girl now. and
0: Right. And then, I don't know. I, I, I don't like any of the, this uh, is maybe my least favorite uh, Spider-Man scene and least favorite Spider-Man character. I really hate Brad. Um, they set up like this pseudo love triangle between Peter, MJ, and this guy, Brad, who amusingly, like, the setup for him is amusing, I guess, where he's older because, um, the five-year time jump, um, he didn't get snapped, and that's fine, but he's so annoying, and he, like, it just leads to the scene where Peter, like, tries to call a drone, accidentally calls a drone on Brad, on this bus and it's just ugh, i hate that scene so much it's just so not my thing um yeah. it's just like why is this here like what are we doing here this doesn't feel right why is spider-man trying to defend a drone like what, what's going on here but i don't yeah. know enough about me complaining what else do you like <laughs> about this movie <laughs> um
1: what else do i like about this movie i i mean you know i i like the teachers they're fun sure yeah uh, yeah, the teachers, I mean, yeah, the the, the, the illusion stuff is cool. And I, I liked how they explain him using, like, it's illusion tech with the drones and stuff. And that's, right. that's cool.
0: Yeah, that's a way a clever way of, like, again, reinterpreting, uh, re, yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> reinterpreting Mysterio's character um, in this kind of modern MCU world. Uh, the other weird thing is, like, Nick Fury is kind of, in this movie... And he acts so out of character that they're like, oh, he's a scroll. Yeah, like, all right. Yeah. Was that planned or was that put in afterward? Like, I don't yeah, know. That was kind of weird. Yeah, it's a little weird seeing. I mean, no one disrespect but, to Samuel L. Jackson. I love the guy. Yeah. But you know, it's a little I, weird seeing him here.
1: I did like that they they took time to really go into the spider sense.
0: That yeah. Was- yeah, because they yeah. yeah, we haven't really seen that in this interpretation yet. There's that cool moment in Infinity War once the yeah. aliens arrive, really? where all like the hair stand up on his arm. Like yeah. that was cool, but they definitely kind of set up the uh, what do they call it? Is it the Peter Tingle what they call it or something yeah, like the that? Peter Tingle. Yeah. Lame name. But I there's some Superhead, cool stuff with yeah. that. Um especially kind of that final fight with Mysterio where oh yeah the hero kind of covers him in darkness and something spidey sense to kind of like figure out where stuff is. And that's cool. You yeah, that's cool. I don't know. It Again, it's a fine movie, but just like morally for me, there's just so much that I don't like about it. Yeah. Um, I, now is just I, the worst. No, like I, I maybe Thor: in The Dark World and Incredible Hulk are still down there, but oh I, yeah, yeah. It's just so not my thing. I I did like
1: to how right after the spider sense sequence, there's the thing where Mysterio hands him the glasses. Oh that was so cool. He yeah. Holds it like a gun. And then he th- that was that was a really cool detail. That yeah, was yeah Peter like okay. catches
0: the gun out of like the air and it's like, oh that was cool scary. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. I agree. I don't know. It overall as a whole <sighs> <laughs> it's not my thing. I felt like it was a step backward and it made me scared for what they were gonna do. With Spider-Man, because I'm like, okay, are they really pushing him to be like the leader of the Avengers? I don't know if he's quite ready for that. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if I want to. That, that. I was worried about
1: that too. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: but I guess now that leads us into No Way Home. Um, oh my goodness! Now I was terrified for this movie. Um, obviously <laughs> going in, and then again, full spoilers. Get out now. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But obviously, it was uh, revealed that Peter Parker would be going up against a numerous amount of villains in this movie uh, from other movies. So we yeah. have Willem Dafoe, um, Alfred Molina, and Thomas Hayden Church as uh, Green Goblin, Doc Ock, and Sandman yeah. from the Raimi trilogy. And then we have Jamie Foxx and Reese Eiffens as Electro and the Lizard from the uh, Mark Webb duology. And first off, the uh, Spider-Man movies have not done well with multiple villains in their movies. Um, you know, Spider-Man 3 has three villains. I mean, Spider-Man 2 has two villains. How the heck are we going to live with five villains in a movie? Um, And then there was the other thing where, you know, it was rumored that Tommy McGuire and Edge Garfield would show up in this movie, which, you know, everyone immediately was like, oh, my gosh. How yeah. is this all going to work? And ladies and gentlemen, I have to admit it, but I was wrong. This movie <laughs> rules. <laughs> it was very good. I really enjoyed this. What did you think of No Way Hope? Oh my,
1: oh my goodness. I loved it. I've, I've never had, even it, it it surpassed Endgame for me in, in that it was the most incredible theater experience I've had going to a movie. Yeah. And I managed, I saw it like three days after it came out and I managed to avoid spoilers till I saw it.
0: You're braver than most of us here. uh... So I,
1: oh yeah, I was, I was very worried, but I wanted to see it. I, I wanted to see it with my whole family and with Tori's whole family.
0: Right. I really wow. wanted everyone to be
1: there. I wanted to be, I, I wanted her and her brother and her sister and her sister's boyfriend to be there. And I, uh, I, I, I was so invested in it. I, I literally strategically ate and drank at certain t- periods of time throughout the day so that I wouldn't have to use the bathroom when we let, like my last call for food and water was at like five 30. We had, we had a, a six 30 showing.
0: Right.
1: Uh, so I wouldn't have to use the bathroom. Uh, and it was it it was not only like a you know it has its flaws because you know like it's a, you know it's still like a Marvel superhero movie and you know there's always like something but like I was very surprised by how competent of a film it was Absolutely. while juggling all the things it was juggling.
0: Yeah, I I think. Yeah. They somehow, due to the success of Far From Home, they look at it really feels like they looked at what people were criticizing about Far From Home, yeah, and they really kind of switched it to a way where it is trying to get every Spider Man fan satisfaction. Oh,
1: yeah, and
0: yeah. the Spider Man fan base is, is a hard nut to crack. Um, the only thing that universally unites everybody is into the Spider Verse, which is an incredible oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. movie, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but it like what a hard goal to accomplish. And I think for the most yeah. part, they succeeded. It's weird that my only problems with this are like just the presentation. Like, I think mm. a few, I, I feel like this still, like this could have looked better on a filmmaking level. Um, And I don't know whether that's a COVID yeah. thing or whether that's a John Watts thing. Um, John Watts, I think is a, uh, a competent director, there's nothing yeah. outstanding about any of his like visual style or anything like that. And he's definitely improved in this movie, uh, as opposed to the other two. But this script really feels like they actually like tried. It actually felt yeah. like they were like, Okay, oh, we yeah. understand the mistakes we have made. And this is what we're gonna do. Right. Here's what here's how we're gonna do this. And Again, it was so, I was so worried because when you're bringing in these villains, I'm like, okay, are you going to like retcon Spider-Man 2? Like my favorite Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Like, are you going to retcon Dr. Octopus? Scene? Like, what? Please no, God no. Yeah. And it felt like everyone was still true to their characters. I mean, yeah. the only side note to that was Electro uh, <laughs> with Jimmy Fox. And <laughs> he was more kind of playing up the comedy anyway and I'm fine with that um, yeah he, he was fun but it really feels like they don't like care in yeah. how these oh, characters oh, yeah. were
1: portrayed yeah no it, it was yeah the characters were were all it, it, as a matter of fact I would say that a lot of the performance were even maybe it's the fact that like it's just a different time for the, these this genre of film from when like Willem Dafoe and Alfred Molina were doing those movies but like it felt like they even had more freedom to explore those characters deeper than they did initially. Like Willem Dafoe's performance, honestly, I'm not even going to lie. I think it surpassed his performance. And even though he gave a great performance, there were moments that at least moments where he truly surpassed. There's a question that this
0: movie poses. And that question is, is Green Goblin, the best MCU villain. Oh my he's
1: god! Up there. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh
0: Willing my gosh! That is an absolute delight well, in this movie. Oh my god! Absolutely,
1: and and, and you know, I, I did uh, something I also really liked was the fight choreography. Yeah, Letting I think he play Tom with was the was awesome, team. and that one hallway scene where he's just. Punching the Green Goblin in the face, and Willem Dafoe is just looking up at him, smiling. Oh, and that crying. was horrifying. <laughs> he was like, This is, this is, that's so Green Goblin. Like, that's, that's the Green Goblin. Ah, like, it made me so excited. Like, yeah.
0: And that's just due to Willem Dafoe. I feel like I'm an actor. Uh, like, yeah. he's really one of the best. I mean, it was good so. God. I love him.
1: Yeah. Love and it was, thing. yeah, it was good. They, they handled him well and they handled, they especially handled Dr. Octopus really well.
0: Yeah, I agree. So the thing about this movie is it takes place directly after the events of Far From mm-hmm. Home. Unlike Homecoming and Far From yeah. Home, which there is a time gap, this takes like directly after the events of right. Far From Home, where Mysterio and kind of his last act, um, you know, reveals to the world Peter Parker's identity, which is such a, oh, holy shit moment. Um, yeah. And, I think this is, like, one of the darkest MCU movies, like, totally, at least. This and, like, Infinity War and Endgame are, like, the two that I think of where you're, like, oh, my gosh, the stakes are incredibly high. Like, this is being taken incredibly seriously. Now, there are moments of levity and, obviously, the MCU jokes that everyone knows and loves. But, like, one thing that I appreciate about this movie, it is not afraid to go dark and keep it dark. Yeah. Like, the moments that they want you to feel... Intense and scared, like are there. Like there is a genuine sense of drama in this that we have not seen from the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies that immediately I was like, oh, this is yeah. great. Like I am all in for what oh, yeah, we are yeah. seeing here. Um yeah. which is just gonna be commended, you know. Good yeah. job for them for oh, yeah. taking this seriously. Um now I, I want to mention this first before we forget about him. Uh what did you think of Doctor Strange in the movie? Venom uh, cover match because nobody's talking about him. I, I thought he was fun. I, I yeah. like
1: He was fun. He did he, he he did what he came to do. Right. You know? Yeah. He, he did what cool, he was supposed
0: to do. Right. There was a cool visual sequence between him and Spidey that I thought yeah. was you know, yeah. that was cool. That and was you know, he stuff. solves
1: it with math, which is a Spider-Man thing. Like that was cool. That, I like like that.
0: yeah. Yeah, Seemed very yeah. Spider-Man. But also, you know, yeah. Benedict, my guy, killing it as always. Um oh, truly yeah. the best.
1: Yeah.
0: But also Matt Murdoch. Shut oh up. my god! Oh, my, oh my, my god! I screamed. I yeah, I did too. Oh, oh my god. gosh! Oh my gosh! I, just... I, I. I okay here's the thing about me all right and this uh, hot take sure <laughs> but i believe that daredevil is the best thing that marvel's put out uh ever that's a, so that's fair that's fair yeah. um and charlie cox my boy i love him oh, i screamed when he showed up dare, when he caught yeah, that yeah. break i think i pissed myself it yeah, was yeah. oh same here, same here. um it was you definitely know, pee in my face. uh apparently he's coming back in other marvel things and i am yeah. excited and uh daredevil is my boy um, and I haven't seen Hawkeye, but apparently Kingpin might show up in that. So I'm excited. Uh, oh, so I'm sorry. They just, they handled it so well. We're like, he
1: didn't need to be in the movie for the no. whole thing. He was there for one scene. They made the point and then they left it. That right. was all I needed.
0: Right. And it was awesome. Right. Um, Charlie Cox, again, uh, I love you and, uh, I want to back. In every like, Marvel movie, holy shit, out. we
1: saw Daredevil and Spider Man on screen together. Like, I know that, that's where we're at.
0: Like, <laughs> we live in a time, man. Crazy. crazy. I know. Um, now, what most people are here for, and you know, we had to get to this eventually. Uh, as this oh, movie yeah, was set up, and the biggest surprise that uh, everyone saw coming, uh, Toby McGuire and Andrew Garfield show up in this movie. Um, oh my goodness. What were your thoughts on Toby and Andrew in this movie?
1: Uh, it was everything I hoped it would be. Honestly. It is
0: truly astonishing to see all three on the screen. There are multiple moments where I'm it's like, still I cannot secure. believe... I know. I'm like, I cannot believe what I'm watching here. And the interesting thing about that is that they use this movie to tie up, like, yes! arcs in the, the other loose ends, movies. Yeah, oh and my you're god. Like, what the hell? Like, uh, Huh? Huh? And, I don't know, like weirdly enough the scene stealer of the movie was Andrew Garfield like Andrew Garfield, he steals yes! the movie and runs away with the damn thing and yeah the whole time I'm like all right Amazing Spider-Man 3 just give me Amazing Spider-Man and 3. you know it's it's I was I was talking to Tori about this uh
1: it's the fact that he was there Andrew Garfield was there for the same reason that his Peter Parker was there which is that he just, he needed the redemption. Right. Like he he, reconciled things, not only for that duology of a film, but also for Andrew Garfield himself, which was just lovely to watch. There's a
0: meta commentary going on, like with Andrew Garfield, the actor in that movie, where you're like, oh my God. You
1: can tell that that was was like kind of intentional. It has like, you know, Toby's, Toby had his three films. He he reached the end of his of his you know run.
0: At least Toby got closure,
1: right? Yeah. yeah. Where so like I did notice that there was less that Toby sort of needed to prove for his exactly. character. Yeah, there was stuff that was left unresolved for Andrew that they they wrapped up in him saving MJ, which made oh me break cry. How, I'm like, sobbing
0: I, instantly. I. Was amazed that they pulled that off. Now I didn't see any trailers going into this because I was like, This is yeah. gonna be a dumpster fire. Like, I don't need to see any <laughs> images from this. But when that happened, like the entire audience was like, Holy shit, like, yeah. oh my god, yeah. like ah, now, and his reaction to age oh, yeah, like, he Here's the thing, I... here's the thing that we need to talk about. I feel like, look, Tommy's my boy, and I love him. Like, yeah. I love Tommy. Andrew might be the best actor to play Spider. I agree. Like, I, agree. The, I agree. His physicality and the way he like puts himself into the role is so enticing to watch. And did you see Chinching Foom? I don't know if we talked about Chinching
1: Foom. I saw parts of it. All right, you sequences. gotta watch Chinchink Foom. Like, I, I oh do have God. to watch it. Yeah. Garfield,
0: my boy, truly an icon. But um, like there are so many moments in this from him physically that like get a yeah. huge laugh or a huge like surge of empathy from him. Um yeah. And he's so, like, the whole time I'm like, Andrew, my boy, you were done dirty. I love you.
1: (laughs) Everyone said he was too attractive, but I think that, I think that's not true. I think that he managed to play Peter Parker as that kind of jittery sort of, like, stammering.
0: Yeah, I was talking to Jake about this last week, that he's more of an outcast than, like, a nerd. Yeah, yeah. Um, And he does that really well. And just, I don't know, the the way they bring in the spider Man is just yeah. Oh my goodness. Is, is that Peter's lowest moment? You know Aunt May yeah. dies by the hands of Goblin, and obviously tragic like yeah. really a huge emotional blow and then you know the other two Spider-Man come in and comfort him and that's when you realize yeah. Aunt May is kind of this version's Uncle Ben for yeah. Peter and there's just this really quiet scene where it's just the three of them kind of ruminating on their loss. Like, yeah. with Tomi losing Uncle Ben and Andrew losing Gwen and now with, um, you know, Tom losing Aunt May. Like, there's this real sense of like, oh man, like, Andrew's... And Toby's acting during that scene—it's like this is perfect. Like this is oh yeah emotionally what and everybody wants here.
1: That little monologue he gives about like st- how he stopped pulling his punches oh my and got like, Which, first of all, I I did like the fact that for the first time ever they kind of referenced the fact that like Spider-Man is so strong that he has to pull his punches when he's right. fighting people or kill them. Right. Um, I love that they characterized Andrew's Spider-Man as the emotionally
0: led Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. And I, we, again, like, like you were saying, with Toby, there's not there's not a lot, lot else that you could do emotionally. Now there is, and they did yeah. that with kind of his interactions with the villains. And we'll get to that in a second. But yeah. uh, Andrew, again, was the one kind of left out in this whole equation. Yeah. The fact that they give him kind of the, you know, drive for the emotion of this movie is incredible. Like, yeah. oh my.
1: and he totally needed it he totally deserved it and i i think this film also really makes you realize how beautifully different the interpretations of the characters are exactly yeah there's a moment
0: there's a moment uh where like ned comes in he's like peter parker and they're like who which one and that's a moment where you're like wait a minute these are all the same guy you know like you kind of forget that in your head um And now all this leads to is just a really fun uh, action sequence in the end. Oh, my gosh. Um, So much just fan service and really fun callbacks. Um, But the thing I like about this is that Tom Spider-Man is not trying to, you know, he's not trying to defeat these villains. He's trying to save them, which is the most like Spider-Man thing that I can think of. I was like, oh, my gosh brilliant um (laughs) now i mean obviously the multiverse shenanigans of like what does this mean when they go back like eh, who cares Mm -hmm. but like as far as what the story wants to accomplish that's perfect and the way they're able to the heroes are able to get closure with the villains too i found really heartwarming because there's that moment between ak and toby where they kind of have that moment where it's like hey you're older like how are you you know and he's like i'm trying to do better like that's brilliant and then andrew and Electro's kind of thing where you know it's like hey you know i'm sorry i didn't like you know i, I wasn't able to be there for you like yeah. all that stuff was just amazing yeah. um now obviously Sam and lizard are kind of cgi the whole time and not really yeah. um yeah it was clear they're just kind of voice only and uh you know whatever footage they're seeing is um kind of uh, reuse stock footage from Spider Man yeah, Three and right, uh, right, yeah. Spider Man. That's fine, and the stuff they're given with is fine. But like, I don't know. I I, I was very impressed with how they're able to handle the villains in this movie. Yeah, um, I agree. Especially very. considering there's five of them. Jesus Christ! Yeah. And it doesn't feel like a mess. You I know?
1: I still think it's funny that even though they, they they we have Vulture and we've established that Matt Gargan Scorpion is in this film. Like I get six would have been a lot. But, like, cutting the Sinister Six off at five members yeah. just sits weird with me. I don't, and I get, like, the, the, I, I do think that kind of what they were going for is that Mysterio is there in spirit and therefore is
0: the sixth. Do you think it was him or do you think they were, like, do you think it was Venom? Because Venom was the sixth guy who got transported in. That's true.
1: That's true. And then yeah, he got but, kind of transported you know, yeah, out. Yeah, they, they, t- they bring him in and then they take him out, which was kind of disappointing. But like, I get why they did it. Because it's right, like, okay, right. now he leaves a little bit, that, a
0: little Venom behind and- Right, yeah, the symbiote and that. And now, here's my question for that. And I, I was thinking of like, oh, I kind of wanted to see Tom Hardy and Tom Holland interact. Do you think I that the symbiote would be voiced by Tom Hardy? And that I way we so. still have Spider-Man and Venom interact? I think that could be funny. Uh, I think fun. it
1: could be fun, yeah.
0: Yeah, who knows, here or there. Um. But then kind of all that fan service battle goes. And now it's only left to kind of Peter, Tom Holland, Peter, and the Green Goblin. Who, oh. the Green Goblin, the most either evil motherfucker out there. And, um, you know, it's like, it, you can see in Tom Holland's performance, like, the rage in him. Oh, yeah. Where he is going to kill uh, yeah. <laughs> Osborn. and. The fact, like that battle on the shield, is just so like intense. you are like, all right, like Tom, I I love you, buddy. Don't do this. Don't yeah. do this. Don't do this. And the fact that Toby, in place is of the one Harry, the freaking like, stops it. Yeah, right, in place of Harry in Spider-Man Three, you yeah. know, kind of protecting him, like Toby steps in and kind of stops the glider from attacking Goblin was perfect. I was so like, beautiful. this is. Incredible. And then yeah. there's kind of a fake out where Toby gets stabbed. I almost died. Like I almost like yeah.
1: my heart. I was like, no, you stop. did not bring you did not bring him back just to kill I was him. like,
0: they better not. <laughs> they better not yeah. do I think, really, no. Um, And you know, they heal uh Osborne and w- which was just great. Um, and this leads us to quite possibly the best moment in the movie, which is the last 10 minutes, which yeah might be the best, oh yeah, last 10 minutes of maybe any Spider-Man movie ever. They perfectly wrapped it up, yeah. Where you know the multiverse is falling apart and dr strange can't really contain it and spider-man and peter says all right i need you to wipe everyone's memory of me like yeah. peter parker doesn't really exist no one will remember who yeah. i am this is the only way to stop it and it works and it's the most depressing thing but also yeah. the most like spider-man thing where it's like he is truly sacrificing yeah his needs for the greater good here and you know he gets this really emotional farewell with Ned and mj where yeah. you know it's this whole like uh. i'm going to you know i'm going to write down I'm, I'm going to help you remember me and when the spell goes down and he goes into the cafe like you know it, it, he sees that they're happy because yeah. he's not like his actions in spider-man aren't affecting them and he just kind of walks away and it's this whole like so oh man
1: do you think that they won't come back? That I those think they characters will. will. I, I hope think they, they do. I, I think it would be kind of nice if they did. I'm happy
0: but, that they ended it this way. Yeah. like It was a very, oh, I am too. a very kind of like bittersweet ending, which we never really get in Marvel movies, you know, like for the most part, they kind yeah. of end with you excited for what's to happen next. And there's some of that here with the oh, credits yeah. and stuff like that. But like the feeling that you end with is like the most melancholy feeling in an mcu movie like i've never felt that way where you're like kind of just gutted by the end you know
1: but then they have that part where he's got the sewing machine and that beautiful new costume that was crisp oh my god i love that the new costume is so beautiful and you know it's it's like he's just a kid with his sewing machine he does it he doesn't have any gadgets now tom holland is spider-man right that's the that's the that, that was what I realized at the end of this film, I was like, this whole trilogy has been him coming into that character where now he is Spider-Man.
0: It really feels like a culmination, right? Of the character yeah. where, you know, and that's kind of why I'm looking at Homecoming and Far From Home a little differently, even though I still don't like Far Same From Same here, like, yeah, yeah. And the other thing too, is I don't really think this was planned out. It was just kind of a stroke of luck yeah. that they were able to kind of warp this character into where he's at now. And now I'm just... Yeah so interested to see what they're going to do with them next like yeah. obviously they're going to do more movies with tom holland in the works but like are they going to bring in miles are they going to well is this going to be a college trilogy like what's going to I, happen i know?
1: did hear that there is also talk to bring andrew and Toby back again for secret wars which i kind well, of wouldn't be opposed do. to that wouldn't be but opposed I, I think that there's something to be said about you know they bring them in and then they bring them out but you know what we've established this world is bigger and and you know, now with the freaking multiverse, I saw a rumor that Magneto from X-Men and Fantastic like the, from the original Fantastic Four films that Re Richards might come and be a Doctor Strange. That'd be so sick. like yeah, it's like the box sky's the, the limit. Like great. like they, they will literally never stop making these movies. It's <laughs> like <laughs> there, there's no there's everybody who has touched a Marvel property property can it has a job. Like, right. that's the funny thing about it. And that's, I, I'm not necessarily opposed to it. I just hope that they do it right and they do it respectfully.
0: Right, but yeah. But I, I, I also wouldn't mind seeing them again. Don't make it a mess. But I don't know, like, I a lot of people have been clamoring for an Amazing Spider-Man 3 to kind of like wrap I this up. It. And I'd be, I'd be in for it. I'm it. not opposed. I want them to do it. I I would also love a Spider-Man four from Sam Raimi, but at the same time, like Spider-Man three, as messy as it is, did conclude a story. Yeah. So I, I, if they don't do that, that's fine. But like Andrew Garfield, my God, like give him another shot. Yeah. Um, but I, I hope I hope they show up in later down the road. Yeah. It was a delight seeing them. I'm just oh. happy that this. Yeah, sorry. Yeah.
1: No, I I just thought of something with the going back to the new costume too. Mm-hmm. Do you think that what they were doing? Where they had at the end of Far From Home, he makes that very like Steve Ditko, like black and red costume. Yeah. Do you think they were doing what Zack Snyder was trying to do in Justice League, where he had the black and then he comes into the blue? Oh, at the maybe the end of the I felt like that was kind of what they were doing, where it's like he's he goes through kind of this period of like darkness. Yeah, I mean, and it's then when costume. he comes
0: out of it, he comes in. I don't know. I just thought about that. I, mean, I thought, it was... I, uh, Who's to know? I don't know. But the um, new
1: costume super cool. I love
0: yeah. it. Yeah, but I mean, No Way Home, really, really impressive that it works as well yeah. as it does. Um, yeah. You know, I wish it was a little more stylistic in points. And there are a few jokes where so I'm like, eh. but I mean, it's hard not to be satisfied by this. Yeah. Just considering the amount of work they put into making sure that every character is done right. Especially with a movie with this many characters.
1: Yeah. And like I think about I think about this a lot. Cause like it's funny, I I avoided spoilers so much. And it's funny because I think if I even saw a picture of the three of them together, yeah. I don't need I think I would automatically assume it was a Photoshop. Like right. I, I would literally be like, I don't, I don't believe you. And it makes me think like how blown away I was by the fact that I saw Tom Holland's Spider-Man with the Avengers in 2016. If you went back to them and showed me a freaking picture of the three of them together, <laughs> like talking to each other, yeah. I would have been like, this is ri- like, like, like what's like, that's
0: ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. It's it, insane. Yeah. My buddy and I thought we were like walking out of there and uh, we were like, this feels like fan fiction, you know, like, yeah. What, what did we just watch? And I mean, it's a testament to them that it's as satisfying as it, you know, it turned out to be like, Oh my God. Um, bravo uh yeah. yeah i really enjoyed this and especially um y- you know especially as it, it kind of like reboots the character in a way where it's like all right yeah we can go wherever we want to now and i'm, I'm curious to see what's going to happen next which is something that i haven't really felt for a spider-man movie in a while yeah. so it's nice that that'll happen but i mean in the meantime we have across the spider-verse which ooh, my boss, oh am my gosh i am here for Ugh. that
1: that was uh, awesome yeah I was so i was yeah, I was pretty blown away
0: by that. Um, my last question about Spider-Man: No Way Home for you. Uh, what did you? Was your theater? Uh, did you have a lot of good audience reactions?
1: Oh yeah, no, we were screaming and clapping and cheering yeah.
0: and yeah. Yeah, everyone was losing their damn map. Even uh, if even
1: man. if no one was, the moment that Andrew and Toby showed up, I was I was out of my seat anyway right. so and the moment
0: the moment they do that with Ned like in the sling ring and he's like I want to find Peter Parker like I grab my buddy next to me I'm like this is it this is it this, yeah. is, it. this is it
1: yeah and, it uh, and yeah the moment you see him in the alley with the goggles I was like I'm done like, That's <laughs> him. here." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh crazy. my gosh it was uh, what a like what a crazy experience and like that's like the thing with the spoilers I was avoiding them so much because like I kind of knew we all knew right. like I just Wanted to go in feeling like there was a possibility that it couldn't happen. Right. And like, I just having the ability to have that experience meant so much. And, Absolutely. And like, you know, and, you know, and it's also fun to see them kind of like at the very least, like teasing, you know, Ned has magic brains right. and, you know, maybe he'll be hobgoblin. Who knows? But
0: yeah. Yeah. You I know, want know, to sling right away. That's what I want. I feel like that makes life a lot easier you know yeah probably. you don't need transit you're just like here we go back yeah, to the yeah
1: no no more taking the l train right to... yeah you don't need that
0: exactly yeah. the red line never heard of it um yeah that'd be so helpful <laughs> uh <laughs> but yeah overall a great movie um check it out it's one of marvel's best like i i oh, yeah, i was absolutely. putting this in my ranking like it's it's up there um yeah which i'm pretty happy by but great job all around um now, if you thought you were done with today's episode, you're dead wrong, buddy. Because we have a Christmas present for all you That's right. Members. Um, now uh, I'm gonna speak here so that Elliot has time to. You know. Oh, I
1: put my list together. I put, oh, out of I boy. Put it together in the first first five minutes. Yeah,
0: you're incredible. Um, so what we're doing, you know, we're in the Christmas spirit. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, if you're Jewish, I'm sorry. Um. But also, I love you. Uh, we're going we're gonna to do something fun. We're going to go down uh, our list. Uh, we're going to go five to one, uh, and we'll kind of bounce. I'll do my five, you do your five, I'll do four, you do four, that sort of thing. And we'll do uh, our top five Christmas movies, because, you know, just the season to be jolly. And what's more jolly than a good old Christmas movie to get you in the spirit? Um, now, do you want to go first or should I go first? Up to you. All right. Um, I will go first. Uh, My number five, and there are movies on here that I won't get to. I have a few other mentions, but we'll get that as a list uh, furthers down. But my number five is A Christmas Story. Um, This came out in 1983, directed by Bob Clark. It's a classic. Um, I just think this is a very fun time. It gives me uh, warm, fuzzy vibes. I think it's one of the best movies to ever utilize narration. Um in a way where it kind of looks back on the events in this movie with kind of uh, warmth and nostalgia. I think it's very funny. Um, There's a little bit of a racist Asian joke there at the end that I wish wasn't there. Maybe they can cut that out in a Blu-ray release, but I don't know. I think there is just a lot of uh, wholesome Christmas spirit to it. I think Ralph is adorable. Um, and, you know, uh, I just think it's really cute. And I didn't see it until, like, last year for the first time. And the fact that it's able to jump up the list is really a testament to how cute it is. So that is my number five. What about you?
1: Uh, five for me is a film called... Have you ever seen uh, Jack Frost? Oh, with Michael with Keaton? Michael Keaton. I have yeah. not
0: seen this. Explain Explain why Jack Frost.
1: Um, I watched this movie a lot as a kid. It's about It's about this guy who's a musician, and he's on the road a lot, and he has this kid. Uh, and a wife uh and he is driving home from it's so ridiculous he's he's driving late at night on the road and he like crashes off a bridge and dies oh. but he comes back to life as a snowman to spend time with his son and it's so ridiculous and it's kind of zany and it's kind of like that late 90s like it's a pretty crazy concept but like it's it's like a fun christmas movie that's you
0: know it's got a lot of heart and And yeah i haven't i haven't seen that i might have to check that out um Okay, so my number four, uh, and by the way, the order here is very flimsy. Like, these are all really good. Um, Number four is It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, You know, it's a classic, y'all know it, y'all love it. 1946, directed by Frank Capra, my boy, Jimmy Stewart, James Stewart, sorry, Uh, George Bailey, nothing like him. This movie is uh, super depressing for the first, I don't know, 75%, and then it becomes the most wholesome thing ever by the last 25%. Um, It's great, it's timeless, it's a classic uh you know it it makes me cry by the end and you know what's a good christmas movie without a good cry
1: so yeah that's my number four what about you uh number four for me is a christmas carol which one the animated one (laughs) which is pretty uh you know pretty pretty dated there were some kind of goofy performances but um you know, for me, it's it's pretty nostalgic, and and I just I love Christmas Carol so much. Yeah, and that's honestly just the version that I'm most familiar with. I've sure. watched the most, so you know.
0: Now, have you gotten sick of a Christmas Carol since you participated in that Christmas Carol? Participated in many a Christmas Carol in my life.
1: Yeah, uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> I would say that weirdly, I weirdly, I have, I haven't. I love Christmas Carol. Uh, I, I, I've done multiple, you know. The, the one stage production that was the same stage production that i did two years in a row and i did the uh, mary Baker's relevant radio one and uh i i loved it you know so many yeah. of some of my best memories you know being an actor are are through christmas carol i've met so many good friends uh tori and i did christmas carol together when we were 13 oh which was fun uh so it's always fun to reminisce on that with of with course her. of course
0: to misquote Kaiser Sose, um the greatest strength the Never Lover pulled was uh making us care for Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> because you know you hate him at the beginning and by the end yeah. you're like, I love that guy. Um <laughs> All right, moving on, uh, my number three, and the reason I put this at number three is because people would shoot me if I put this at number one. Uh, Die Hard. Um, Ah. This is, in fact, a Christmas movie. This takes place on Christmas. There are Christmas sweaters, there are Christmas decorations, there are Christmas lights. Uh, There's a plot point involving a Christmas sweater saying, now I have a machine gun, ho, ho, ho. It (laughs) ends with a Christmas song. This is a Christmas movie. It was also one of the best action movies ever made by Boy Bruce Willis. Uh, The highlight uh, as well as Alan Rickman, I love that guy. It's great. It's a classic, uh, you know. And I'm sick of having this conversation. It's a Christmas movie, and the sooner we, um, you know, the sooner we accept that fact, the better. So, yeah, uh, Die Hard is my number
1: three. Where do you stand at number three? Number three, Polar Express, another terribly terrible animated film. I <laughs>
0: number three. No,
1: I know. Oh, but boy. it it <clears throat> these, th- these felt like th- these two, these past two. These past three, honestly, have been more films that I, I would say I'm blind blinded by. Ms. You're Ms. Fine. John. You're fine. Yeah. Uh, Polar Express. Oh my gosh! I remember seeing this film as a kid, and I it blew me away for some reason. And you know, it's I think it's got a lot of heart. It's got a lot of that. that, that, that I like the message of mm. you know be, what what does it mean to believe or believe sure. in something, and it had it had good moments also josh groban sings the song at the end credits which is that's great. true you
0: can never go wrong with josh groban um yeah i mean there are definitely moments in that that work a lot i really like the music in general oh, yeah. um the score in that movie is awesome uh but I mean, i'm okay hey i mean each their own. i know a lot of people like the polar express so yep. you know good on you and hey this is the time of love and acceptance and you know what i'm not gonna say anything uh <laughs> But I, I grew up with Polar Express as well. So, you know, it's a very uh, yeah. easily understandable. For, Had uh, a death a grip on, on a certain time of our lives. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I mean, you know, at some point. Um, okay. My number two is uh, a movie that came out pretty recently called Clouts. This is an animated Bastard. movie. Yeah, I know. Um, an animated movie on Netflix came out a few years ago that went underseen by most people. This movie is fantastic. Um, Beautiful. The animation is Beautiful. gorgeous. The soundtrack is delightful. The way they are able to incorporate elements that we know and love about Santa Claus into this kind of origin story for him and kind of this tale of maybe this is how Santa Claus happened is just delightful. Um, This movie makes me cry. Uh, It has J.K. Simmons as Santa Claus. Literally, what more do you want? Um, But yeah, I mean, this movie is, I love it. It's great. But yeah. What was your number two be? Uh Uh-oh. Elf. I put two. Elf and
1: klaus okay all right yes elf you know it's a classic it's will ferrell come on we we know we know this we know this but yeah klaus an absolutely beautiful film that i watched on a whim one night and ended up now it's one of my like favorite animated films ever like it's so well done right such a wonderful lovely story with a lot of heart wonderful performances and you know it's just beautiful I, yeah. love I
0: love Klaus. I know. It's yeah. great. More people need to watch Klaus. That's the takeaway from today. Is if yeah. you haven't seen Klaus, it's come on Netflix, watch it now. Come on. Um yeah, I love that movie. Now, uh, real quick, I want to give a few honorable mentions um to other classic. I mean, Elf it's a classic. Uh everyone yeah. loves that. Uh The Holiday, also a Christmas movie. Uh, I, I like Kate I Winslet can't and Jack Black and uh that's about it um oh red claws is a movie i've seen it um i, I no comment miracle on 34th 35th with thirty fourth. i don't know somebody's gonna shoot me um i like that movie that movie's good uh white like christmas also good oh, yeah. um and you know all these are good but my favorite christmas movie at least for me personally is the muppet christmas carol huh? um, because uh, you know as you were saying i understand your. Uh, Your your point of view on your Muppet Christmas Carol is objectively a better film. Listen, all I'm saying is Michael Caine is the best Scrooge because he is acting alongside Muppets and never for once does he break the fourth wall. The man is taking it a thousand (laughs) percent seriously and is like so captivating in his role. And I love him. I love the music. It gives me a nice cozy warm feeling inside. The songs are all great. Uh, Fozzie Bear plays Fozzie Wink, which is quite possibly the greatest joke ever um it's delightful and I love it and I cherish it and uh we need to reappreciate Muppet's Christmas Carol so really I that's agree, my I agree. Well, Elliot what is your number one Christmas movie uh are you ready for this are you Go sitting down I am I'm I'm ready Arthur Christmas oh my gosh I forgot about that
1: yeah absolutely I love that film so much and Arthur Christmas for for a time in my life was one of the most relatable characters to me, and I love that movie so much. It's it, it makes me cry every time. The end is so beautiful. Yeah, the character Arthur is so wonderful. I love the way that it culminates to you know the, he's got his older brother who's gunning for Santa, and at the end of the film they've got these four generations of Santa together in this closet, and there's this moment where the older brother looks at Arthur who is, everyone is kind of talking amongst themselves, bickering and Arthur is just watching this little girl marvel at her Christmas presents and like marveling at, you know, Christmas in general. And it's so beautiful. I love that movie so much.
0: Yeah, I actually just rewatched that like a few weeks ago. I'm like, this movie ruled. Um, It's
1: really good. It's good. And it's really funny too. It is hysterical.
0: Uh, Almost all of Grand Santa's lives absolutely murder me. It's Um, ridiculous, yeah. (laughs) You should say it was impossible for women to read. Um, yeah, I, I thought that was great. Um, no, I completely agree with you. I was in tears by the end of that movie. It's I'm like, am a I movie. crying? What the hell? And uh, out of nowhere for no reason. Like, I know that movie just kind of like popped up and like it's, no yeah. one's talking about it. We, that's another one. Christmas. Yeah. If there's anything you've learned here today is that you need to go home right now or maybe if you are home, I don't know where you're at, um, but you need to turn on Arthur Christmas and Muppet Christmas Carol immediately. Yeah. And, you know, that's really all the best we could ask for. Um, yeah. But, hey, you know, with that, yeah. Elliot, thanks for coming on, man. I feel thanks like we hit a me. lot of bases and, yeah. you know, lots it's to talk funny. about. But we got through it, you know, uh, for the most part, anyway. Uh, and, you know. To everyone else, uh, have a happy holidays. Merry Christmas um, from the pod. I have one episode left in store. That's going to be a pretty big project. So I'm excited for you all to listen to it. But um, until then, you can listen to The the Real View anywhere on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, wherever you find it. We're there. Episodes are normally out on Fridays. But, you know, who knows at this point when they're coming out. But thank you guys for listening to the pod. And uh, have a happy holidays, everybody. Take it easy.